Job chapter 21, verse 1. And Job answereth and saith, 2. Hear ye diligently my word, and this is your consolation. 3. Bear with me, and I speak, and after my speaking ye may deride. Job knows that every single time he defends himself, they ridicule him, mock him, and falsely accuse him. So he's saying, I'm going to speak again, and then after that you can continue to deride me. Jesus taught that we're not allowed to defend ourselves, but Job isn't defending himself just to keep his head above water. He isn't afraid of what they're saying, because they can't do anything to him that hasn't already been done. The only reason that he speaks in his own defense is to set the record straight. He doesn't want all of the future generations believing that he sinned because it simply isn't true. He knows that in order for him and others to understand truth, they can't start out by believing a lie. Everyone needs to understand that Job is blameless, and then they can eventually figure out why all of this happened. We do learn through tragedy. But we can't learn through tragedy if what we believe about the tragedy isn't true to begin with. For I, to man, is my complaint, and if so, wherefore may not my temper become short? Job says, if my complaint were against humans, I'd be angry. But my complaint isn't against humans, it's against God. He isn't blaming God or accusing God. Complaint is in the same sense as when your doctor says, what's your complaint? Meaning, what is your problem? Job is saying, my problem is with the Lord. He's the only one who can help me because the Lord has allowed me to be punished in spite of the fact that I repented of my sin. I need to understand from him why this is happening. 5. Turn unto me and be astonished and put hand to mouth. When your mouth is gaping open and you cover it because you're so surprised and you're so horrified, that's what Job is saying. He's saying, look at me and be horrified. And why should Job's friends be horrified? Because this terrible tragedy is happening to somebody who's blameless, and that should scare them. They expect it to happen to a wicked person, and that's why they're telling lies and saying that Job is wicked. And they're not afraid of that because they don't think that they're wicked, but actually they are because of their lies. But even more scary is that this could happen to somebody who's blameless. That should very much terrify them. 6. Yea, if I have remembered, then I have been troubled, and my flesh hath taken fright. Flesh hath taken fright means that he is shaking with fear. And he's saying that when I think about it, I shake with fear at the thought that this could happen to a blameless person. 7. Wherefore do the wicked live? They have become old. Yea, they have been mighty in wealth. And there Job is speaking the truth. There are wicked people who are very old. I could name names, and you can too, of famous wicked people who are in their 80s right now. 8. Their seed is established before their face with them, and their offspring before their eyes. Their children have a great life, and they have everything offered to them. Their children are famous too. 9. Their houses are peace without fear, nor is a rod of God upon them. A lot of them, they just get their hand slapped when they get caught doing something wrong. The judge will slap their hand. They'll do a tiny bit of time in jail, pay what to them would be a nominal fee, not much from all of their wealth, and then they'll be allowed to go back home and live a comfortable life. 
10. His bullock hath eaten corn, and doth not loathe. His cow bringeth forth safely, and doth not miscarry. Even the animals of the wicked are doing well. They have really nice stables, they have great food, they don't miscarry. 11. They send forth as a flock their sucklings, and their children skip. This is a wake-up call from Job to his friends. He's explaining to them and reminding them how well evil people live and how Satan rewards people, and God still takes care of even the wicked. He has a good reason to, because if God knows that you'll never repent and that you're going to spend all of eternity in hell, why wouldn't he allow you a little comfort while you're still alive? He, being a loving God, would certainly allow you a little bit of comfort before you die. So even the kids and the sheep of the flock are skipping with joy when they belong to a wicked man's flock. 12. They lift themselves up as timbrel and harp, and rejoice at the sound of an organ. Even the wicked listen to music and rejoice. 13. They wear out in good their days, and in a moment to Sheol go down. They go down in peace sometimes, in their sleep, in a moment. 14. And they say to God, Turn aside from us, and the knowledge of thy ways we have not desired. Yet they tell God that they don't need him. There's a lot of atheists, too, who live very upright lives, very moral lives. I've known atheists who are extremely moral, well-behaved, upstanding citizens, who have it all together, who would never hurt a fly, and who are examples of good parenting and good citizenship. But they still turn their back on God and say to God they don't need him and that they don't recognize him as their creator. This is pure wickedness, but to the world it looks good because they're being polite and kind and they're minding all the laws. But when you tell your creator that he isn't your creator and you don't need him, there's nothing more wicked than that. And there's nothing more arrogant than that. 15. What is the mighty one that we serve him? And what do we profit when we meet with him? Wicked people say, what good is God to me? I'm taking care of myself. But they don't understand that they can't make it rain. They can't make the crops grow. They can't make their children be born with healthy bodies. Only God does that, and everything they have is from God. They can't make themselves intelligent. God made them intelligent. They've already received everything from God, including their own lives and their own breath, but they won't give him credit. They're absolute liars, and yet they're nice people to you and me but they treat their creator with total treachery. And that's why they won't enter the kingdom of heaven. 15. Lo, not in their hand is their good. The counsel of the wicked hath been far from me. Their prosperity is not in their own hands. So I don't listen to the plans of the wicked, because they can't control all that's happening to them. But they act as if they're the ones who made it rain. They're the ones who put food on the table. They're the ones who got that job. And it just isn't true, because God gave them all of the talents and skills and abilities and opportunities that came their way. They just don't acknowledge it. Everything comes from God. We are not self-sustaining. You and I can't make it to the next breath without God doing it for us. 17. How oft is the lamp of the wicked extinguished, and come on them doth their calamity, pangs he apportioneth in his anger. 18. There is straw before wind, and as chaff a hurricane hath stolen away. The language is very archaic, 
in this translation, but verse 17 and verse 18 are actually questions, not statements. Job is saying, how often do the wicked die quickly? How often does their life get swept away without warning? And then in verse 19, he says, if God stores up punishment for the wicked, let him do it. So what Job is saying is that the wicked actually do get to live long, prosperous lives in many, many cases. Now, we know that if somebody gets caught up in drugs and prostitution and gangs and things like that, their life probably will be short due to violence. Jesus said, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. So if there's guns and violence in your life and abuse, you'll probably end up experiencing it yourself, and that will shorten your life. But if you're an elite wicked person who has a lot of money and power and controls your environment, you could live into your 80s or 90s that way. So Job is challenging his friends, saying, When is the last time you saw a wicked man die early? 20. His own eyes see his destruction, and the wrath of the mighty he drinketh. Job says, Let his own eyes see destruction, and let them drink the wrath of God. 21. For what is his delight in his house after him, and the number of his months cut off? Job says, What does the rich man care about who he leaves behind? Because when he's in hell, he's going to be in torment. He won't care. 22. To God doth one teach knowledge, and he the high doth judge. Since God is the high judge, nobody can teach him. 23. This one dieth in his perfect strength, holy at ease and quiet. 24. His breasts have been full of milk, and marrow his bones doth moisten. Now, men don't have breasts full of milk, but this is just an analogy saying that he dies very healthy. His bones have a lot of marrow, so he's really, he dies in full strength. 25. And this one dieth with a bitter soul, and have not eaten with gladness. Remember when Jesus told the parable of the rich man and Lazarus? Lazarus was a poor beggar, and his body was covered in sores and disease, and he never got any relief from his suffering, and he died and went to paradise. And the rich man, who lived a wonderful life and ate all that he wanted and had a healthy body and lived long years, when he died, he went to hell. And that's what Job is pointing out here. Evil men can live long, prosperous lives, and righteous men can get tormented. And again, God is building character in those who are already blameless, meaning they've already repented and been forgiven, he'll let us suffer to build character and make us more like him. But to the wicked, he isn't training them to have his character because he knows their end. They're going to end up in hell. They're not going to repent. So he doesn't need to spend time training them to be like Christ. And that's why when they're unrepentant, a lot of times he'll just hand them over to Satan and then Satan will keep rewarding them and letting them have a cush life and lots of power, so that they continue in their sin. 26. Together on the dust they lie down, and the worm doth cover them over. Job says both the evil and the righteous get covered in the same dirt when they die. 27. Lo, I have known your thoughts and the devices against me ye do wrongfully. Job says to his friends, I know what you're thinking, and that you think evil against me. You have falsely accused me to make yourselves more comfortable. They don't want to believe that God would ever discipline them or teach them. They don't want to believe that God would ever allow them to suffer. So they're just going to believe that they're righteous and Job is evil. 
they don't worship the true God. They worship a fairy tale. The real God will allow us to suffer, to build our character, and especially to test our faith. 28. For ye say, Where is the house of the noble, and where the tent, the tabernacles of the wicked? Because they're looking at circumstances to judge the heart. And you can't look at circumstances to judge the heart. If you only looked at circumstances, you would have thought that the poor beggar was evil. 29. Have ye not asked those passing by the way, and their signs do ye not know? Job says, Have you never asked travelers and strangers about their lives so that you could understand how God works in people's lives? He does work through tragedy. 30. That to a day of calamity is the wicked spared, to a day of wrath they are brought. Job says, Often the wicked are spared from calamity and wrath. We know about corrupt people who are constantly breaking the laws, and they never get taken to court. But those who follow the laws get taken to court. 31. Who doth declare to his face his way, and for that which he hath done, who doth give recompense to him? That means, who confronts the wicked, and who makes them pay for what they've done? Nobody. Often, the wicked go off scot-free. 32. And he to the graves he is brought, and over the heap a watch is kept. Job says they are brought to the grave, and somebody watches over their grave. Even their grave can't be robbed or stolen from. 33. Sweet to him have been the clods of the valley, and after him every man he draweth, and before him there is no numbering. The clods of the valley are the clumps of dirt. The ground gave forth fruit in abundance for him, and everybody follows him around like a groupie. He's very famous and popular, and of course we know this is true. Wicked people are the most popular people around. The righteous and the blameless live very quiet, silent lives, and it's the wicked who get all of the accolades. In general, the most famous pastors are people who are actually in apostasy, and they're not Christians at all. They're con artists who use Christianity to get money out of people. And they're the ones who have all the books that they sell by the millions in general. And then the real genuine blameless men who preach the true word of God are in simple little churches and nobody knows their name. 34. And how do ye comfort me with vanity and in your answers have been left trespass? Job says, you guys are full of it. Everything you've said is empty and useless information. He's trying to set them straight by explaining to them and reminding them that wicked people do prosper, and therefore their logic is faulty. They're not accepting reality with their arguments against him. And that concludes Job chapter 21.